There is a terrific moment in Sexy Beast, Jonathan Glazer's extremely assured first feature film from the year 2000. It starts with a blast of British sound outfit, Uncle, and that throbbing pulse plays over a mere six shots. It lasts barely 23 seconds, but while watching it, such is the combined strength and magnetism of movement, framing, editing and sound that it seems to last much longer. In terms of drama, it marks the entrance of the much-dreaded Don Logan, an ultra-nasty, ultra-violent, ultra-ultra-gangster played to blood-freezing perfection by Ben Kingsley. Don is marching his way through Costa Brava Airport, having flown in from gangland London to see Gail Dove, played by Ray Winston. Gail is an ex-pat, ex-con, and he is now extremely tanned from lying about in the hot Spanish sun. He skipped England a long time ago and has been enjoying a hacienda retirement with his wife Dee Dee ever since. But Don hasn't flown over at Gail's invitation to share some quiet time. No, Don has come to talk to Gail about an exciting business opportunity back home. Wants me to put a team together. Eight men. Strong. Ain't afraid of graft. It's gonna take it all night. Good boys. Gotta be good boys. Reliable. Positive attitude. Very important. Very important. Part of what makes Don's appearance so unsettling is that even before he starts stomping his way through the arrivals lounge, Gail's friends, H and Jackie, have said that he is coming. Um, tell him thanks. Thanks for thinking of me. But I've got to decline his offer. No offence, but... You can't tell him that, girl. Well, then, tell him... Tell him. I'd be no good to him. Be serious, girl. Tell him what the fuck you like. Tell him anything. You can tell him yourself. Having pinpointed the terror of the four friends, Glazer then vindicates their anxiety and makes very real their panic by showing Don walking through the arrivals concourse. The cliché would have had Don dressed in black, walking in slow motion, a whooshing sound accompanying his ominous steps. In lesser hands, he would not have been played by Ben Kingsley. Instead, Glazer has Don dressed in a light grey suit, jacket off so we see his white shirt open at the collar. In other words, dressed to go unnoticed. The first image we get of him is from behind his head. He is not bald, but rather he uses a razor to pare down any hair that might be there. Remember, this is Ben Kingsley, and he won an Oscar for his portrayal of Mohandas K. Gandhi. But Don Logan is as far from the Mahatma as you could possibly get. Next, Glazer gives us a low shot from in front of Don as he comes towards us so aggressively, it is as if his very presence were bullying the camera into retreat. Then you get another shot from behind Don, this time a mid-shot, so you see how tightly Don holds himself. This is not only a mean man, he is also incredibly lean. Every muscle in his body is wound like a clock attached to dynamite, ready to detonate at the moment of his choosing. We see this because Don is holding his luggage and his jacket at an unusual angle, indicating to anyone who might mistakenly approach him that he is not to be approached that he's holding his bag and jacket to tell you to stay away. Glazer shows us this with a very effective parallel tracking shot, 
giving us an even greater indication of the pace of Don's stride. And then finally, Glazer gives us a close-up of Don so we see him in profile. He has cut a small goatee about his chin and his beady eyes drill straight ahead, focusing on Gail, who is not even at the airport, but so concentrated is Don that Gail can already feel his presence. And then, when Don finally unpacks his bags and opens his mouth, this is what he unloads. Cunt. You louse. You've got some fucking neck, ain't you? Retired. Fuck off. You're revolting. Look at your fucking suntan. Like leather. Like a leather man. Your skin. You can make a fucking suitcase out of you. Old all. Look like a crocodile. Fat crocodile, fat bastard. You look like fucking Eden Armin, you know what I mean? Stay here. You should be ashamed of yourself. It is an incendiary introduction and proves the adage that character is action. Don's appearance is perfectly matched by how he moves and what he says. In his own style, Glazer managed to introduce his antagonist in a manner few other directors have achieved. Think of some of cinema's most famous entrances. Bela Lugosi as the title character in Dracula, John Wayne as the Ringo Kid in Stagecoach, or Orson Welles playing Harry Lyme in The Third Man. Iconic as those moments are, those characters are all standing still, waiting. The moment of introduction brings us to them. Think of Anthony Hopkins as Hannibal Lecter in The Silence of the Lambs. Good morning. Dr. Lecter, my name is Clarice Starling. May I speak with you? But then you have other entrances where the camera waits. We, the audience, sit as the characters come towards us. The difference is crucial because it puts us in a completely different position. We are receiving them. Think of Jane Greer as Kathy Moffat in Out of the Past, Barbara Stanwyck as Phyllis Dietrichson in Double Indemnity, or best of all, Omar Sharif playing Sharif Ali in Lawrence of Arabia. He is dead. Yes. Why? This is my well. Again, iconic. But Glazer's method here has Don moving, and we are moving with him. The motion is doubled and the impact is twice as effective. And again, I refer to Kingsley's performance as Gandhi. The Mahatma's liberation of India began in 1913 with the Great Salt March. I'm not saying you need to know that detail, but such knowledge certainly helps to unbalance the audience who saw Kingsley's name in the opening credits and may have thought of his performance as the great Indian leader or perhaps of another great Kingsley performance, as Itzhak Stern in Schindler's List. As I said, Don's walk lasts barely 23 seconds, but it feels a lot bigger, and the way Glazer expanded the moment on the big screen immediately puts you in mind of another great movie that has its own walk, John Borman's Point Blank. Lee Marvin plays Walker, and his walk lasts well over a minute, each step marked out by a vengeful stride, heralding Walker's search for the men who left him for dead after a successful heist on Alcatraz Island. Borman's film is a very pared-down picture, but it nonetheless gathers about itself a philosophical air. If ever there was such a subcategory of the crime genre, Borman's picture is an existentialist gangster movie. Edited by Henry Berman, the sequence in question seems to have been taken from Alan René's Last Year at Marion Bad, 
That film is a meditation on time and memory, where reality, the present, the past, and the misremembered past fold back upon themselves to such an extent you don't know where you are in the story. Of the many questions that René's film asked but refused to answer, one of them was, when is now? Cinema is, has only ever been, and shall forever exist in the eternity of now. One of the earliest Lumiere films showed a train arriving into a station, and although the audience was watching an event that had happened in the past, they fled from the theatre because the film was happening now. Even a flashback unfolds in the present tense. This is because of cinema's form. Like music, architecture, sculpture and ballet, all arts that function within physical time and space, there is no such thing as the past tense. Although Sexy Beast does use flashbacks, it doesn't use them for Don Logan's entrance. Yet it operates in a similar way to Point Blank. Because we'd have already been told that Logan is coming, we immediately expect some sort of consequence. So we have a sense of future. And since the characters fear Logan, we also have a sense of the past. But where Borman cut Walker's approach in a kaleidoscopic way, Glazer keeps us riveted right here in the now. And because Don Logan is so threatening, now is a place I'd rather not be. It's not about the money with you and me, is it, girl? It's the charge, it's the boat, it's the buzz. It's the sheer fuck-offness of it all, am I right? 